0: celebrating 400 episodes the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast welcomes you to this extravaganza where we couldn't do it without you we also couldn't do it without some of our friends
1: hey everybody this is good old jr Chim ross i want to congratulate my friends john and chad for 400 episodes of the two-man
2: power trip podcast it's a great podcast i'm glad you listened those two lads are sovereign knockers. Congrats, boys. This is a hardcore icon, Justin incredible. I want to congratulate John and Chad for two-man power trip on 400 episodes. Man, that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best. John and Chad and the two-man power trip that, my friends, is Justin. Hey, this is the franchise Shane Douglas. I want to say congratulations to my podcast partners around for 400 big episodes. That just doesn't happen unless you got quality. Remember, listen to Two Man Power Trip and the Triple Threat Podcast or get your ass franchised. (laughs) This is Hannibal from the HannibalTV.com and I would love to congratulate the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. John and Chad themselves on their 400th episode, and of course, the best episode they ever did was with I, Hannibal, the Death Dealer. Hi everybody, this is Jim Cornette congratulating the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast on their 400th episode, and for all you doubters out there who thought they weren't going to make it for two weeks, including me...
0: Eh, na 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 -na -na boo boo
2: Hi, this is Mr. Technical Barry Horowitz, the original GOAT Congratulations to the Power Trip on their
0: 400th episode Astonishing, and that's technically speaking Thank you very much Welcome to episode number 400 of the two-man Power Trip of Wrestling The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up guys, it's the
2: phenomenal AJ Styles, you're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh my god, this is Joey Styles and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the Prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie-woogie man! Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad! Hey, everybody out there, this is the franchise Shane Douglas, remember me?
1: (laughs) Well, guys, it's great to be on the show again. I
2: appreciate you asking me back. So you said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good, how you doing, Chad? Hey, John, cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Uh, Chad, hey man what's up guys this is Homicide. oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, hall of famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad the Two Man! I'm going to cut you off in mid-Senate. You keep your eyes open and your mouth shut. When I look at Ric Flair's knee about two minutes ago, the size of a softball, it made me want to puke. Now, Luger, you want to talk about mob mentality. What I just witnessed right there was nothing more than an old-fashioned lynching. Well, gentlemen, when I look at you now, I'm staring at three dead men. You have came into the camp of the horsemen bold fresh and attacked not only the world heavyweight champion but you've attacked my inner soul my family i just called tully he's on vacation in hawaii he left he's on the nearest plane he can charter what you've done you want to talk about dream matches you got the dream match anytime anywhere We can get hold of Sting, Luger, Barry Windham. I don't care if it's an alley. You look in my eyes, you talk about fire. Everybody says, why do they call you the enforcer? Well, henceforth, you're going to see that this fire in my eyes comes from a criminal mind. At this point in time, I'm taking the law out of my hands. I'm taking the law of the NWA out of my hands. What I'm going to do personally, along with Ric Flair, Dolly Blanchard, and James J. Dillon, is simply this. You want to break a leg? We'll break a leg. You want to break a neck? We'll break a neck. But I can assure you of one thing. When you hit his home and you hit the Notch sting, your career is not only on the rocks, it's over in this life. All
0: right, let's get it going right here. Right now, this is the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling, and you are listening to episode number 400 of the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling podcast. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and for 400 episodes, I am joined by my tag team partner, the one and only JP John Paz. And John, on this monumental milestone for the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling, we are welcoming in. A return guest, somebody who, when we thought of 400, we put up those four fingers, and the guest fit like a glove. It is the one and only Enforcer AA, Arn Anderson, returning to the two-man power trip of wrestling today in an explosive interview, giving us the lowdown on some of the post-WWE life of the Enforcer and what could possibly be going down in the future. For Arn Anderson, somebody who is very sought after in the world, of professional wrestling but before we get into the arn anderson interview we got to do a little self-gratification a little patent ourselves on the back if you heard it off the top you heard some of the names that came out in droves to help us out and celebrate this 400th episode and to them we thank them for their time but, John, as we look back on 400 episodes, I mean, that's just like a kind of a 400 episodes. Then you got to add in all the episodes of the Triple Threat Podcast and all the little one-off episodes that we really haven't even put in count. The, the feature episodes, everything we've done, it's a hell of an accomplishment. It's a shitload of work. But by God, we made it again to number 400.
3: Okay. Oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty damn impressive that we've come uh, this far. And we've been in this game for this long. It's pretty damn impressive, i got to say. And I love that the four horsemen, 400, if you will, is Double A.R. Anderson joining us again. And he is just the perfect number 400. One of my favorites of all time. One of your favorites of all time. One of the best talkers ever in the history of the business. One of the best interviews ever in the history of the business. I mean, oof. We just said, you know, one little thing and he just gave us a great answer like he always does. I mean you could just say one word and he'll go off on that one word and just give you a tremendous answer and make you really think about it and make you pause for a second. Like, wow, that's you know, that's really profound or that's really great, or what a great thought, what a great point. So it's just awesome hearing some of his stuff. Of course we do talk a little bit about the WWE exit. We talk about possibly him joining AEW somewhere down the line. Once the NDA runs out, once the Uh, the severance package runs out there is definitely a big possibility we know that aew is definitely definitely interested with cody Rhodes at the helm and if you think about it this podcast venture the new podcast called arn with connie our boy connie you know that's going to be successful you know that's going to be great and and you know that's just going to fit in line with connie's other podcasts. but you just got to love that Aaron is going to be out there talking, you know, each and every week, telling some more awesome stories. But before you hear them out on the airwaves, out on the podcast world, you're going to hear them right here with episode 400, telling some great, great stories. I mean, we'll go to, we'll go all the way back to the end of WCW. Or we'll go to who we feel is underutilized in the WWE. I mean, we run the gamut from A to Z. Horsemen. You want to talk Road Warriors? Mid- night express rock and roll express we cover it all in this awesome interview such an honor and such a pleasure to get arn on on the show yet again and, you know with us i mean which has been pretty impressive we always kind of uh you know right there when there's a big store to be broke or there's a big guest to get or there's something important to get out there or even a rare guest i mean we're right there right in the thick of it and i feel like arn is one of those guys where it's He's making a lot of headlines lately, and obviously he's a huge, huge name in the business, and I feel like he's only going to get bigger with some big things on the horizon, and definitely, definitely looking forward to working with him on August the 17th at the Gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina. That should be a great day as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, always great to be around Arn Anderson, and we've gotten to uh, you know work with him a handful of times over the last couple of years, and you feel like you do learn something from him Every time and not even from just the wrestling perspective or you hear a great anecdote or a great story, you know, as a businessman and and as somebody who conducts business as the as a wrestler does, you know, you get to learn from a guy like Arn Anderson who's been in the wrestling business for 37 years and he kind of gives you some tricks of the trade every so often. And it's one of those things you got to be there at the right time to soak it in and kind of learn from it and think about it because he might not even be giving you direct advice or he might not be giving you something uh straightforward you just gotta kind of catch it you know what i'm trying to say like he says so many great things that when we've worked with them in these environments you gotta catch it and that's why at the gathering it's so special to be with him in charlotte north carolina and also tully blanchard will be there in the litany of guests that'll be in the uh the the what is it the uh, the, the hilton the the, the big Uh, the the big Hilton, the university Hilton, that's what it is down there in Charlotte, North Carolina, the home of many NWA conventions, uh, from years past. Uh, but yeah, with Arn today, it just means so much to this 400th episode. And if you haven't heard the episode we did with Arn a few years back, it is awesome. And that's where we do really hit so many of the, uh, the, 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 bullet points that we need to hit in an interview with arn anderson this is like the icing on the cake this is some of the uh touchback but also some of the more current things going on in the world and i know back then john we were like marveled at the fact we were able to even talk to him and uh you know like the whole setting was perfect he was relaxed he was on his deck he was just chit-chatting you know we went a little bit over our time and for us anytime we can go over a lot of time it's like a victory because you get that little bit extra and always that little it never ceases to amaze us that little bit extra is always the best part and when we had on the first time it was like jesus christ like now we know we've made it because we were able to get in with the enforcer
3: oh yeah absolutely and getting him on one time is amazing getting him on two times is just uh absolutely great and with when you think about it with this show and the 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 amount of episodes we had and the amount of great amazing hall of famers and legends and icons that we've been able to get on this show is just uh, impressive as hell and and just looking back it's it's great that we were able to do it but to get on on episode 14 is definitely definitely extra special and you know just looking back thinking about the times that we actually got to work with Arn was awesome and definitely, like you said, looking forward to working with him and Telly in Charlotte on the 17th of August, so that's very, very cool. And obviously, you know, we got some other really, really big things on the horizon. One thing that we always do every year and obviously coming up is the Dusty Tribute episode that will be coming up next week. So, I mean, we've got so many big things on the horizons, so many big names. I just feel it's just amazing and I just love that on Anderson kind of kicks it off you know what I mean? Like 400, then we kind of turn the page and go to the next one. But boy, it doesn't get much bigger for me personally than Double A.
0: Yeah. Episode 100 was uh, Don Morocco, right? Am I, is that correct? Episode mm-hmm. 100 was Don Morocco. 200 yep. was Brutus Beefcake. Yep. Right? Who was episode 300? Was it Jim Cornette?
3: R- R- no, Russo.
0: Oh, wow. wow. Oh, there you go. Vince Russo is episode number 300. And then here you go, episode number 400, Arn Anderson. uh, Our gift to you for sticking with us for 400 episodes spanning uh, a couple years now, going back to 2015. And it makes absolute perfect timing that next week is the Dusty Rhodes tribute episode, a show that we go above and beyond to make sure it's special. And this year... (laughs) Holy shnikes, it is going to be about as special as it ever could have been in past years. This show was always dedicated to talking about Dusty Rhodes and everything that he did in his career, whether it was as a booker, whether it was as a wrestler, whether it was as somebody as an announcer, anything. This time, we're going to give you an amazing look at the life of Dusty Rhodes, uh, and that will be on next week's episode. But as we wrap it up here, very quickly, I just want to, uh, again, thank every listener who's ever listened to the two-man power trip of wrestling, anybody who's ever listened to a feature episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling, and anybody who's ever listened to the Triple Threat podcast featuring our tag team partner, the franchise Shane Douglas, which has moved over exclusively to Vince Russo's The Brand. You can head over to russo'sbrand.com to join us over there. It's now got video as well, so we've added a little bit of an extra for moving over to a subscription-based service like the brand is. And it's only going to get bigger and better. So we appreciate everybody who's ever clicked the old download button to join us on this uh, amazing empire, as we've called it. And it's just absolutely grown above uh, any expectation i think john or myself could ever have imagined the uh the stuff that we get to do the people we get to be around uh, the random phone calls or text messages that we get uh in 2015 never ever ever would have expected this uh so john i'm gonna put the gun to your head here i gotta put you on the spot if you're gonna name uh give me a top three in the history of uh, the 400 episodes of the two-man power trip, maybe give uh, the listeners an incentive. Go back and listen to a couple of these uh, bad boys. Who are your top three episodes of the two-man power trip?
3: You know, I actually got it confused. The third-year anniversary show, which is episode 323, is Vince Russo. Episode 300, which, coincidentally, I was just about to mention, is in my top three for sure, Terry Funk. One of my favorite episodes I've ever done. One of my favorite interviews that we did, just, that was awesome. Gotta go, of course, with the Dream, the American Dream, Dusty Road. just an honor to have him on. Just awesome, awesome stuff. So you got Funky, you got Rose, I mean, God, I mean, I love the first interview with Arn, was unbelievable. Um, I love when we had on Ronnie Garvin, he gave us so much good stuff. I mean, my God, there's so much good stuff. But I may have to go with a Jerry, yeah. the King <laughs> Lawler. That episode was just unbelievable. But, we had on Ross, uh, Jim Ross four times. He was awesome. We had on Jim Cornette five times. He was awesome each time. So, really, really, it's almost impossible to narrow it down. But I, I mean, I love Ross, love Cornette, love Lawler, love Dusty, love Funk. Those are some awesome ones. Obviously, love AA times two. Um, but if you really, you know, you want to go out of your way, you want to go back to the archives, listen to someone's, any of the Cornettes, any of the Jim Rosses, of course. Uh, Jerry Lawler, and, of course, Terry Funk as well. Just unbelievable stuff. But, you know, just take it back. I mean, Sid Vicious was great. I mean, I pretty much can just keep going on and on and on and on. But I'll stop there. With David Arquette, Goldberg, Kevin Nash. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's just crazy how many great guests we've had on. It's just, oh, man, Goldberg was awesome as well. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stop right there because I can probably keep going all <laughs> night as they keep popping in my head. But I'll stop right there. Just go back to the archives, check it out, type in any uh, big name. We might might have a good chance, good possibility we had him on. You might uh, even say Bruno Sammartino, another great one that just popped in my head. was awesome. So, hey, check it out. Check out the archive. You will be impressed. You will be happy. You will love the two-man power trip.
0: Yeah, a couple of those, I mean, absolutely stand out. I think the Lawler may be my favorite as well just because it, uh, it was fun it was very informative, and we had a couple of great laughs, and uh, yeah, I think that was at the top of my list as well. But one that really stood out was the, uh, the combination episode of David Arquette with Jeff Jarrett. And that was just as Jeff Jarrett got announced to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. And it was one of those shocking moments. And Jeff Jarrett, a very key person in the history of this show. So that one meant a lot. And obviously, to really, I, I'm not patting us on the back here. Our interview was almost like the catalyst for David Arquette's return to uh, the wrestling world. And... Um, you know, that was a very proud uh, moment for us to have both of those guys on on one show. But also, look at the Dark Horses. And those are some of the guys, the unsung heroes of the uh, of the wrestling business that also appeared uh, on this show. Guys like Salvatore Belomo, who just passed away. We did an unbelievable interview with him uh, via, <laughs> via Skype all the way in uh, Belgium, where he was. I mean, it was unbelievable to connect with him in the middle of the day. Get all the information we did with him, and, and sadly, he has since passed away. But that interview is a great glimpse into the career of a guy like Salvatore Belomo or someone like the Tonga Kid, who got very emotional talking about the Samoan dynasty and the Samoan family and their connection to wrestling. And uh, my gosh, how about Pat Tanaka? Another one, just absolutely, uh, you guys, you don't hear on other shows but we seem to have a great connection with them once they get going and they get warmed up. And Pat Tanaka is another great one. Paul Diamond, my gosh, the week before Pat Tanaka, I mean, that one got going before we even hit the record button. So (laughs) that was one where these are guys, like I said, unsung heroes of the business that might not jump off the page to you when you see guys like a Dusty Rhodes or a Jerry Lawler or a Terry Funk, but these are the people that built the industry that we get to talk about every week on this show and we couldn't be any prouder be associated with every one of the guests that we have out, had on our airwaves and we thank them. we thank them all we thank everyone for listening and as i always say that's enough out of me let's wrap it up here nice let's move on to episode number 401 next week which will be the dusty roads tribute show but before we do that let's get into this episode with double a himself the enforcer our neighbors now for
3: some tmpt business like us on facebook Follow us on Twitter, at TwoManPowerTrip and at RasslinPal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend, Bruno Martino, the late great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer, Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane, Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney, Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, TMP of wrestling.com and for all you android users please hit us up on google play or player fm and all you ios users please check us out on TuneIn radio automatic spotify and now iHeartRadio. radio and now without any further ado a former wwf world tag team champion a former five-time wcw World Tag Team Champion. He is an original Four Horseman and a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. You may know him as the Enforcer or Double A. He is Arn
2: Anderson.
3: Please enjoy.
0: Tonight is making his return to the two-man power trip, a man we've gotten very familiar with over the years. I mean, if we run down the resume, he's an original member of the Four Horsemen. He's a WWE Hall of Famer, a five-time WCW Tag Team Champion, a four-time WCW TV Champion, and also a WWF World Tag Team Champion. He is the enforcer. He is double-A He is the one and only Arn Anderson. Mr. Anderson, thank you so much for joining us on our historic 400th episode.
1: Well, first of all, congratulations on the 400th. That's that's an awesome feat, and I am uh, thrilled to be with you guys tonight. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, Arn, it's so awesome to have you back on the show. Also, looking forward to the big one this coming August, The Gathering. In Charlotte, North Carolina, you're going to be reuniting with your tag team partner and fellow Four Horsemen member, Tully Blanchard, at this gathering event, which is a four-day crazy wrestling event down there in Charlotte, North Carolina, a place you know very well. But you're working with us again. Uh, Every time we've ever done an event with you, it's always a packed house. The fans coming out in droves. But this time, you're going to be on your own home turf in Charlotte. Are you looking forward to the gathering August 17th?
1: Well, you know I am. It, it'll take me back, even though this is home, and and I'm out and about here quite frankly, Still, when I go down to, to one of the arenas or to, you know, to where this event's being held, you know, up around the university, it just, it has a different vibe. It's got a, an old JCP uh, vibe to it, and uh, man, those were the good old days. It was as good as it got back then, and Getting to spend some time with Tully, uh, which I have been getting to do a little bit of uh, over the last couple of years, is, uh it's really been enjoyable. We've got to relive some old, you know, some really wild and, and crazy moments, as well as some some really uh, good friendship that we shared over those years. So, really looking forward to it.
0: The last time we had you on the show, we were promoting a uh, a, a show that we had in Richmond, Virginia. So we talked about how Richmond, Virginia was a part of that Horseman Country loop. But I think of Charlotte, North Carolina, obviously, Horseman Country and uh, the Four Fingers automatically come up. And that University Hilton there in Charlotte, the home of many of the NWA reunions over the past couple of years. So uh, it fits like a glove to have you there in Horseman Country.
1: Well, it is. It's home turf. You know, I live about 20 minutes from there and have for since 1997. And I was uh, in Charlotte prior to that, just across town, since 1985. So this is my home. I full well believe they're going to be out the door and down the block because um, I'm kind of the, the new guy on the block still. I, I've worked for 37 straight years in the industry without a break, I think that's got to be a record um, a couple of three month rehab stints but that's not really time off so I've been at this you know 250 to 350 days a year for 37 straight years so I finally get a chance to take a breath and just say thank you to all the fans who uh, have supported us over the years and kept the horse were great if you, if you do something that 25 years later, they're still talking about it. You apparently did something right. And uh, one of the things we did right, I think, is we captivated some fans that understood exactly what we were doing. And what we were doing was we weren't trying to figure out who made the most money or who won the most matches. Every single night we went through that curtain, we were there to have the best match on the card and give everybody that bought a ticket their money's worth. And, and, that's what we've always brought to the table and I think our fans
0: know that. Yeah, and in our four hundred episodes, you know, and talking about the the horsemen and the, the JCP territory and all the places you've been and so many of your opponents. I mean, John and I have gotten to experience it with you guys in different markets. I mean so we were in Richmond with you, we were in Winston Salem with you and also in Philadelphia. And that's three different areas where we saw the love of those fans. And whether you want to call them old school fans or smart fans or fans of tradition, no matter what, the impact that you made in those 37 years is absolutely unfathomable. And I'm sure when you get to take this breath here, it is nice to look and see the, uh, the kind of the, the blue skies, you know, and you get to see the, the real um, tribute to all the work that you put in for all those years.
1: Well, you know, I think they're good with you just calling them wrestling fans, and they're not ashamed of that. A real wrestling fan not only is very proud to say so; they got a hundred stories they can tell you why they're wrestling fans. And what you're going to find, I can go ahead and tell you because this is what my experience is so far. Uh, you're going to have a 50-year-old man who's brought his 25-year-old son who has his three-year-old son with him, and they're all passing professional wrestling down from generation to generation. And uh, with all the YouTube and the network and all these different avenues now, they can go back and not only just tell you what they're talking about, they can show you the good old days. And, uh, you know, not much on technology. It kind of befuddles me, to be honest with you. I get lost on on computers pretty easily but but the one thing I do agree with is being able to go back and, and see the Crockett days and see the 80s and see the 90s and and see how the business has evolved um, it's still fun for me and there are a lot of things that I forgot totally forgot 30 minute matches and I don't have any recollection of being in I can go back and watch them and it's pretty cool and, and fans will tell you you know hey Here's the deal. Remember the night this happened, and it's so funny. I can't tell you what I ate for lunch yesterday, but I can remember those stories.
0: Now <laughs> oh, that's great. I'll tell that's you what. Awesome. Uh, a couple weeks ago, John and I were actually given a piece of the, the the mat that was used in the Richmond area for the Crockett shows, and to kind of hold that mat, and you look at the the dirt marks, you look at the you know the blood stains. To be blunt, you see that what's on the mat you see what you left on the mat and you know and to hear you say 37 years and you're finally getting some time to breathe it's an amazing tribute to you that you have had that dedication and that you still love the wrestling business and especially now as you're you're kind of you could take a look at the landscape the landscape has changed in wrestling yet again and uh you know you could say we're on the horizon of something special but you know here we are again 37 years later and what do you think of what's happening now in the business Arn?
1: Well, I was in Vegas. I was there. I was in the green room when when the AEW guys were all in there and they were talking about this and that and the other, and you could just see the excitement on these, on these kids' faces, and you could see the leadership roles being taken up by guys like Cody Rhodes. And uh, I tell you, Cody was just a kid. Uh, I've known Cody since before he was born. And to see him in that role and see this company, which does remind me of JCP back in the day, because everyone is so excited to go out and perform for the wrestling audience. If you don't feel good about what's going on right now with AEW and the impact it's had on the business, you're a fool. And that's it.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh, the energy that you could feel. I mean, for those of us that weren't in Vegas, you could feel... Just the, 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 the hum, you know, you could feel the wrestling fans, even the week before at the event we were at, just kind of building to see what was this going to be like and what expectations uh, it was going to meet. And there was a picture that surfaced of the gorilla position of the of AEW's Double or Nothing. And to see, you know, how everybody was working together collaboratively, it was really cool to see, and I'm sure you felt that vibe. Yep,
1: yeah, you know, I wasn't at the show. Uh, I was there doing some signings and... uh I had a stage show, which I did with Tony Giovanni, which was absolutely awesome during the day. uh, I didn't go to the show um, because I didn't want anybody coming up with, uh, you know, make no mistake. I want to be clear. I do not work for AEW. We haven't had that discussion as of yet, not to say that I wouldn't be honored somewhere down the road to be offered a position for those guys, but we just haven't had that conversation because Right now, quite frankly, I'm uh, legally bound to a non disclosure agreement. And for a few more months, I'm going to be uh, still on a severance package. So I can't talk to anybody about anything as far as job going forward. But that being said, um, I was so excited for them. It might as well have been that I was working for them because I sure was pulling for them every step of the way. And, uh, and they paid it off.
3: Do you think cody reminds you of dusty at all as far as being in that role and kind of running the show and somewhat the booker but also the boss do you think that they have a lot of parallels and a lot of similarities
1: i think he's easy to be around as was dusty you know dusty Rhodes was a huge star to this day i am starstruck even thinking about him much less being in his presence and uh I think Cody has star quality. I think he has purity of of the heart, and that he has matured. And he's going to take some of those things that his dad taught him before he passed, and and they're going to become something meaningful now. Whereas they were just words at the time. I think he's going to go back and rethink about the life, the life lessons that he got from his dad and from his older brother. To be to be perfectly honest with you, Dustin Rhodes is very mature in this business, and he's a very smart smart man and uh he came up you know in a rough way in this way let me put it to you this way when you're dusty roads kid man have you got a horrible shadow to step into number two you've already got heat because your dad's the booker and you think people think you're getting a free ride well he didn't get a free ride the kid earned his way along and he became really really good and uh it's going to pay off for him, and it's going to pay off for Cody. But do, do I think either one of them want to be their dad or want to be like their dad? Not necessarily. They both want to be their own men, and I think they're being their own men right now, and I'm proud of both of them.
3: And at the show, I'm not sure if you caught this part, Dusty, or Dustin and Cody had a great match. After the match, they kind of had a little throwback, if you will, to Dustin. Dusty's. The view never changes. Promo where he, he you know, he and Dustin hugged, and and at the end, Cody basically hugged Dustin and kind of played the role of, of Dusty, bringing them together. And obviously, that great promo was kind of directed at you, calling you a walk behind it. Do you kind of, you know, you remember that, and do you see the similarities between awesome. the two promos?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and everything in this business that was special that people remember. You can go back to it if you do it in a tasteful way, whether it's being negative or positive and addressing something that someone said, a a promo that stuck, you know, through the annals of time. You can go back to that and people will know exactly what you're talking about. And those that ask, somebody will be glad to tell them. And I think that's, that's the part of the industry that has been missing the last, let's just say, 10 or 15 years for sure the last five, is building something that lasts, other than just putting television on the air because you're financially obligated to a, a network and it's, they're paying you a lot of money. Put something out there that people are going to remember. Put something out there they're going to feel something about one way or the other, and it's going to have a memory that lasts for the next 20 years. And 20 years from now, they're they're walking by a table with... You know, uh, maybe it's Cody Rhodes' kid who's just starting in the business. And they go, you know something? Let me tell you something that happened in Richmond on this date years and years ago. Let me tell you something about your grandfather 40 years ago. And that's the kind of things that we should be building for the next generation of of talent and fans. Lasting memories. Because that's what sells tickets. emotion.
3: Couldn't agree more. It's so true, and I feel like the emotion is definitely lacking. And I guess that is something that WB has been lacking for a while. It's kind of just, you know, being the machine, if you will, just kind of churning and churning and not really utilizing it. And hopefully, that's where AEW will step up. And you know, a lot of similarities to a lot of the stuff in WCW, and now even the fact AEW is going to be on TNT as well.
1: Well, when you you know, in all fairness, when you produce as much television as WWE is obligated to produce. It's uh, you just got to keep pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward. This company is right now; they're going to, you know, have very few shows. So they're going to concentrate on those shows and concentrate on their television. They're not going to be running from here to Australia and back in between television tapings. Um, and the fact that it's going to be on a Turner station is going to have all kinds of uh, memories for a lot of people. It's going to take them way back being on TNT. So, you know, I I see no negatives. I see nothing but positives pointing forward. And uh, for every kid right now that's out there, that's wrestling on an independent show that no one knows who they are, maybe it's their first match or their second match or their 21st match or whatever it is, be happy because you just have another viable option it's going to be on fire a year from now, and you're going to have another place to go and live your dream, just like we all did. So things are looking up for everybody, and it should make the small independent shows even better than they've been, in my opinion.
3: It is always great to have another option out there and make it, you know, something big and, and something important because it's just great for the wrestlers. They don't have that one place to go, one place, to get locked into, they can make more money and, and obviously be happier and, and afford to do stuff with their family that maybe they couldn't do before. So it is always great to have that, that, that competition. you think when WCW ended, and obviously WWE was kind of the only game in town for a long while, do you think that really ended up not only hurting the business, but almost hurting WWE in a sense?
1: Monopoly's good for nobody. You get it all, you know, WWE had it all. It did not make their product better. Um, competition is what uh, thrives and uh, makes everybody better, having to compete and, and match ideas and trump ideas and come up with different ways of doing things that are totally different from the other product. It, it just it instills um, a fire in those that want to compete, number one, and number two, if you do have something to offer creatively, it gives you a chance to put it out there and test the market.
3: Now, there is something that you said, I think it was with Tony Schiavone. You said that if you were a manager, if you came back as a manager, you would think that you would be perfect with the revival. Is that, is, is that accurate? Is that something that you said? Do you think like, you know, they're, they're great underutilized or undervalued talent there?
1: Absolutely. Those guys, if you've seen them, I saw those guys have a match with Bobby Roode and Chad Gable around probably a dozen times in different towns before I left. And for 28 to 30, 35 minutes, those guys took me back to the old days. They did some of the most ungodly and all four were equally responsible for the finished product. But man, was it phenomenal. And it took me back to Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express days, uh, Horseman Rock and Roll Express days, uh, Tully and myself against the Rockers. I mean, all those great tag matches, you know, Wrestling the Road Warriors in Chicago, all those incredible memories and matches that people remember, that's what was rolling through my mind. Because those guys have thought about this. They have watched old tape. They have taken a little bit of this and a little bit of that, some of my stuff and some of Tully's stuff, and put their own spin on it. And they're they're just the best damn team in the world. Who's going to defy me on that? Name somebody else. Nobody better. And uh, it's more of a wish list. It's kind of me just throwing a bobber out in the lake just to see if anybody will take it under. But, you know, um if I had a wish list and there was one last thing I was probably going to do in the business right now, if you could be somewhere, it would be to give me about four weeks of TV to set it up and walk in the door and manage those guys. I think, uh, I think we can make a difference day one. And I think we could be on fire inside of a month. That's just me being cocky, but I've always believed in myself, so be
3: it. I love the Revival. Great team. And they really, not really as much as the Midnight Express, but they really remind me of you and Tully, just the way they work, the double team moves, the tag team moves, moving in and out of the ring, getting the crowd involved, taking great bumps, great selling. Do you think that when you look at them, you're almost looking at yourself and Tully from years years gone by?
1: Absolutely. It's by design, and they got no problem telling you. They patterned themselves against the best team maybe ever. And I know I sound real cocky, but totally Blanchet to myself, <clears throat> I feel they're as good as any team has ever been in the history of this business. And I will go into my urn feeling the same way when it's all said and done. It's not cocky, it's just the fact that I know we put the time in, we put the effort in, we put the thought process in, and our goal, like I said, was to go out and outdo whether it be Barry Windham or Ric Flair or whoever was going to be before us or after us. Didn't matter that they were part of the horseman. We were out there to give the audience the very best match of the night, and if possible, with the right opponents that they'd ever seen. And that's what I base that best in the world
3: on. You know, I talk to Telly all the time, and uh, we always bring up you and how great of a team you were. And he says. You know, it doesn't know how it is, but some guys just have that chemistry and you guys were just able to just be unbelievable together. And I even say this and a lot of people like laugh, say crazy. I said, I think Arn and Tully were better than Rick as far as workers. I just, you know, I and you put two of those guys of that caliber. I mean, crazy maybe to say because Rick is so great, but put two of those guys together of that caliber, you're going to get one hell of a tag team.
1: Well, that's very kind to say. I'll never, you'll never hear me say I was better than Ric Flair. Um, I think different. And that's what made us so well is, or generate, uh, you know, such a great foursome or fivesome or whatever you want to call it, whatever the horsemen were, because I put J.J. Dillon in there as equally responsible for our success as any one of us. Uh, But uh, to be put in that same caliber as a talent, as a Ric Flair, I'm, I'm very honored and uh, almost embarrassed. But thank you very much.
3: Loved, loved you guys. You guys were great. And I did also think that you were a better promo than Rick as well because I liked the more serious promo, the more heartfelt. You know, you really felt what you were saying. You really believed everything you were saying. I mean, obviously, Flair is one of the greatest promo guys of all time. But sometimes you go a little bit off the rails. And I felt like you were more realistic that you can relate more to you as far as promos were, were concerned
1: well he stole all my stuff from us, <laughs> from us riding down the road <laughs> sometimes he would footnote it most of the time he didn't most of that was mine what's causing all this is definitely mine for sure but uh, again we all had a, a role to play that was my role um I wanted to bring the seriousness into it um, because I felt it. I felt every time we came through that curtain, we were going to war and we were going to war as part of the same army and uh, everybody else was the enemy. And that's the way I looked at it. And until I got back through that curtain and got cooled off a little bit, that's the way I felt. I mean, it was, you know, it was very real to me on on a daily basis. And, uh, that's the way I portrayed it and uh, my promos just followed suit that's just pretty much a little bit of an overblown version of who I am and uh, that's the way I pro- approach life and uh, that's the way I approach this business it is very serious and there's times to have levity and there's times to be entertaining and there's times to be serious and if you don't know when to separate the three guess what you're not going to get over and uh, I was damn sure determined to get over.
0: And I'll tell you what, too, and this is something, it's kind of funny, you know, we're damn sure determined to make sure that this 400th episode is something to remember. So, obviously, uh, the way we're going through it, we had some technical difficulties just now. But how about the fact, Arn, that you are going to be getting into the world of podcasting with Conrad Thompson, the podcast aptly titled Arn. uh, Just thinking about what you guys could talk about is uh, an amazing uh, thought but just the fact that you're getting into it what are your thoughts kind of uh, as you're approaching this uh, podcast in a couple of months down the road
1: well I want everybody to that cares that's interested first of all to tune in I would like if they could to give me a little bit of breathing room to kind of feel my way this is uncharted territory for me Um <laughs> uh give me a, a break at the beginning and if i don't get any better turn me off but i'm going to do my dead level best for us to enjoy whatever time we're going to have together every week and tell some stories and there's some things that you're they're going to go the audience you go that is bullshit that could have never happened but it absolutely did so there's a lot of stuff i'm going to be reminded of i hope i hope somebody's going to be my memory and uh, We're going to have some good times and relive the glory years. And uh, I can't wait because it's something new. It's a new challenge. I'm going to have to learn it all over again, just like I did the business, just like I did being a producer and an agent. This is the third phase of my career, and uh, I want it just to be fun for everybody. And that's what I'm going to try to make it. And Conrad, who's a, a brilliant, brilliant man, anybody that doesn't believe that's never talked to him. Uh, this was his brainchild. I'm very thankful to be sharing it with him. And uh, we can't wait. It's going
0: to be fun. These time capsule style shows, like that's the way I kind of look at it. When you have a guest or a subject like you for each episode where you can relive... These memories specific to either one show or, or, or one area or one aspect of your career. I mean, you were one of the first guys to write the wrestling book. So having you come into the wrestling podcast genre, I mean, to me, I look at you as the perfect guest because we could throw something at you and man, you'll come back at us with some, uh, some amazing uh, poetic stuff. And just to hear that you're going to be doing this on a weekly basis, I think that the fans are in for a huge treat, especially with those 37 years you got under your belt.
1: I hope you're right, my man. You're a smart dude. I can tell that.
0: <laughs> and, I, and I hope you're right. Hey, you're four my boat anyway. I'm
1: <laughs> gonna just say what what he said about that. <clears throat> hey,
0: four hundred episodes under your belt, you get to learn a little bit about, you know, what to gauge with the fans and this seems like this is the new phase of where the podcast business has gone. And it's really cool if that's the kind of style of podcast you're into. I mean, the way we like to dictate it is the interview it's a different genre what you guys do and the stories you have and, and it's funny you say you're going to try your best to remember everything sometimes i think the most far-fetched stories are the only believable ones because you go you scratch your head and you go there's no way that happened damn sure that probably is the case it's probably 100 percent true
1: well i mean I, I, i'm sure you've heard this cliche you know you can't make this shit up and uh <laughs> you know, the stuff we're going to be spouting is absolutely true. I'm not, Hey, I I consider myself a pretty entertaining, smart guy. I'm not that smart to be able to make up some of the stuff they're going to hear. That's for sure.
3: Now, as we hit the wind down button, we're heading right towards the finish. I got to ask this because it's one of those things where I always see it somewhere, or you always hear it somewhere, that emotional retirement promo that you had, obviously Rick's crying in the background shivani you could feel it you know in the booth it's so emotional that night when you're doing that that promo is that just is that i mean no it's not scripted at all but is that that just totally from the heart because you're saying create memories and stuff like that that's a memory i'll never forget watching nitro that night and and seeing you retire with that emotional promo
2: well
1: a day before that i had an episode i was in the gym training and i was still in the mindset uh but I was going to come back and wrestle, and uh, still had a long way to go. I knew, but uh, some little guy came up to me, just some some acquaintance from the gym. Not thinking, just came up, kind of smacked me between the shoulder blades, and said, "Hey, uh, hey, where you been? I haven't seen you in a while." And a shock went through me. It was just the only way I could explain It was like an electric shock went through my neck and I had a water bottle in my hand and it just fell out of my hand. And it, a little voice inside of me said, you're done, listen to this. And I just kind of looked around and, and I don't really know how to explain it other than it felt like I was electrocuted and I knew, beyond know, a shadow of a doubt, I was done. So um, it was pretty emotional night. And I get to TV and I told Eric, you know, hey, I'm not coming back. I'm not going to be able to come back. It's not fixable. I wasn't specific with what had happened, but I just said, hey, can I get some time? And this is not going to be me building some angle for down the road and making some time for comeback. I said, I'm done. And uh, it's pretty hard right now. And while I can get the goodbye out, I would like to go say goodbye to everybody and thank everybody and uh because sorry being the rest of my career was over. <clears throat> and he was gracious enough to give me whatever time I thought I needed. Nothing was scripted. No one asked me what I was gonna say. They basically just cut out fifteen minutes and said, Do you think and I think he trusted me to that I would do the right thing and that was not a promo. That was just me saying goodbye to my family, uh, which is my wrestling family, which is an extended part of who we all are if you're around more than a minute. You do realize that uh, you spend your birthdays and you spend your anniversaries and all those special holidays you spend with your wrestling family. You're very rarely home to spend them with your family. And uh, I just wanted to thank everybody because we happened to be in Horseman country that particular night. And uh, I knew it would be received the right way because it was going to come from the heart. But by no means was it scripted that I even go through it in my head. I just said, go out and do what you've always done. Talk to them and uh, don't talk at them and just tell them what you want them to know. And that's what happened. And that's the way it came across, I think.
3: One of the best promos ever is a totally unforgettable the next week when the NWO does that thing, you know, Nash always says that you were on board and you were okay with it. Was that something that was almost like, uh, it's a little too personal, or are you okay with it, you know, that's just the wrestling business?
1: Well, I didn't like it. No, I didn't. Um, How could you? Um, First of all, I had to find out if it was a personal attack, and I had that conversation with Nash, and I was assured it was not a personal attack, and you know, not knowing how it was going to shake out, um, being the fact that I didn't didn't like it, I thought it was in poor taste. I still was one of those guys that knew that if you could generate some heat, you could do your job, which was to put butts in seats. And if it was at my expense that we put some butts in seats, then I was gun whole for it. I want to say that if I had one fault in the business, it was probably not saying no to a couple of things that uh, throughout my career that I probably should have said no to, but I didn't know you could say no. And I always said yes, and I always tried to make everything the best it could be for the company and for the guy that was paying my salary. And this was no different in my eyes. Uh, Just this particular time, it had me as the centerpiece or one of them. Um, but hey, business is business, life goes on. I don't think it defined who I was by any stretch of imagination.
3: <clears throat> no, no, definitely, definitely not. I think it just riled up the fans and made them hate the NWO even that much further. It really uh, it really ignited something there. It was just crazy and definitely perhaps in, in poor taste, especially after the emotional promo the week before and, and the big send-off and the big goodbye. It's crazy, but if I could go maybe on on a more positive note and talk about something more positive, do you have, I mean, it's probably impossible to say, but do you have a couple just favorite matches that stick out maybe more so than others? I know with you, it might be impossible because literally there's a, a list of thousands of great matches, but do you have some that stick out above, above others?
1: Um, first war games was pretty monumental in it's brutality. Um, being out there with that group of guys, and, and it was just my God! It was a 35-minute bar fight. Um, <clears throat> that one will stand out just because it set a precedent for war games that were so successful throughout the next couple of years and the next few years. It was a great match if you had the right participants in it. It was something to behold. Um, I think when Ricky Steamboat came out. <clears throat> is Dustin Rhodes' partner in Savannah, Georgia. And Larry Zabisco and I wrestled those guys from an emotional standpoint. And Ricky took that dragon's hat off. of haven't seen a pop like that in that size arena, which was probably seven, eight thousand people. My God was it loud. Um, had a match with Bobby Eaton and myself, uh, I guess Uh, steamboat and Dustin Rhodes and the Omni before it tore down we did an hour uh, well almost an hour 59 minutes and 30 seconds uh, which uh, is one of the better achievements I think that you can have in this industry to do an hour and keep the audience uh, plugged in the entire time I don't know. I was fortunate to be
3: in a lot of great matches with a lot of great talent, uh, but those kind of stand out. Awesome matches. and Anybody's going to want to go back and watch those. I would literally go back and just watch each and every one that he just mentioned. I just have to ask this because I feel like maybe it's a loaded question, but do you have a favorite incarnation of the horsemen? I loved you, uh, Tully, Barry Wyndham. obviously full player. That group is, is the synonymous group where the, perhaps the greatest four workers. I also loved you, Flair, Pillman and Benoit. I thought that was a great, uh, you know, basically reincarnation of the group, but do you have a favorite four horsemen?
1: Well, and never to belittle Benoit or Dean or, or, or uh, Brian Pillman. Uh, I wasn't in a position to really help that be as good as it would, what it could have been if I was performing, you know, uninjured, uh, like I've been a decade before that. Uh, So, I mean, it's hard to to say anything is better than the original Mm. because the original group with Oli was just special and it caught on fire and it wasn't necessarily supposed to. And um, I think it's hard to say anything will top that. But from a performance standpoint, if I had to go out and Tell twenty thousand people for the next thirty to forty-five minutes, <clears throat> you're not going to sit down, and I'm going to guarantee it. That would be the incarnation with Barry Windham, because he was such a performer. Uh, he really just he just added to the continuity of the group.
0: And a part of that group, Arn, on August seventeenth, you guys will be down in Charlotte, North Carolina, your hometown, at the gathering. We couldn't be any happier to be working with you again, and uh, we'll see where we're at in August, but I, I'm thinking that this is going to be a nice time of the year for you. You're going to enjoy the summertime. You're going to enjoy being out there and doing some uh, some new things, but uh, tell the fans one more time what we can expect when we get down there to Charlotte for the gathering on August 17th.
1: Well, oh, guys, let's just re- you know, let's relive the glory years. Everybody... Anybody's had a question or you got an old story or you want to bring your grandson or your son or your, your grandmother for that for that matter, who who may or may not have swatted me in the back of the head at some point in the past. I've been beat up by some serious grannies over the years. You know, <clears throat> this is your time. It's my time to say thank you. <clears throat> and I'm not kidding you. <clears throat> One in particular in Columbia, South Carolina named Spider. She was famous toughest 90 year old woman there's ever been probably but <clears throat> we just want to say thank you and i know i do i want to shake some hands and take some pictures with some people and just say thanks for supporting us all these years we're going to have a great three or four days and uh i just can't wait to see everybody
0: yeah but are you guys don't wear white hats you're not nice guys you're not supposed to be shaking hands and kissing babies what's up with that i thought the horsemen were the uh, i thought you guys were the bad guys what happened well
1: well, maybe I'll give them a little extra squeeze. Who knows? I still want
0: you to have. You know, I, again, for our 400th episode, we couldn't think of anybody better than AA Arn Anderson. So, obviously, we wish you the best with your podcast from one podcast host to another. Uh, we thank you so much for coming on for the second time with us and being a part of this 400th uh, spectacular episode that we've had. And I know it might be tough because, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot but could we have some sort of Arnism on the way out? Any kind of words of encouragement as we move forward into our next 400 episodes?
1: Yeah. If you don't have me on the 500th episode, it's your ass. How about that?
0: (laughs) Spine busters for everybody. Absolutely. We'll take it and run with it. But Arn again, thank you so much. And we can't wait to see you in August.
1: Yeah. Congratulations on the milestone guys. You're awesome. Thank you very much.